Hey guys, welcome back to Joko Yo, uh, episode 40-something, and uh, this is gonna surprise some people, and some people maybe not, but uh, I just wanna just get started this thing, because this is just so much fun. Hey, you guys happen to remember uh, the story of a man named Dwight Watson, you may be for I mean you can be forgiven if you don't because I mean the the name and the event may not be all that you know stuck in your memory banks. I remember seeing it, um, but maybe you remember whenever you hear about it because you see, Mister Dwight Watson um, was a tobacco farmer in the community of Whitakers, north of Rocky Mountain. Now that's not Johnston County, but just keep listening. By 2001, he was having difficulty keeping up and keeping the farm that had been in his family for five generations. That's a common story around these parts in the time period, and heck, even now. This guy blamed federal policies, and he would tell anyone that would hear, according to reports, just how bad things had gotten. Again, common story around here. Now, what's uncommon is that he decided that he was going to act. And on March 17, 2003, yeah, just 16 years ago, he decided to drive a John Deere tractor to Washington, D.C. and towed two vehicles behind. He drove his John Deere tractor from north of Rocky Mount to Washington, D.C., towing two vehicles, and drove all the way straight into a shallow pond near the Vietnam Memorial. Remember it now? If not, how about that, right? When he was interviewed, he said that he was protesting the cutting of federal tobacco subsidies and the government's lack of support for Gulf War veterans. Okay. And then things get a little bit icky because he claimed that he had explosives. Okay. On the list of things not to do. And then, makes it even better, because then he said that he was going to detonate those explosives if police dared to approach him. Oh, boy. Now, in any time, these are not good ideas. I completely get the reason why he would be upset get it but there are several places where we cross the idea to bad idea and 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 and, yeah we've crossed those especially given the fact that this was just after the beltway snipers if you remember that happening and also around the same time as the arguments for the iraqi war were being put out there by the George W. Bush administration. Really bad ideas and really, really bad timing. So several blocks were evacuated. Some roads were closed, which caused ridiculous traffic jams in D.C. as if they're not bad enough. And a SWAT team was called in. So after 48 hours, Mr. Watson surrendered and no explosives were found. Now, when he surrendered, of course, he was taken to court, 
And he was sentenced to six years whenever the minimum sentence was 16 months. The judge wanted to obviously send a message. Message was sent. Now, of course, some people thought that the, that the time was a little bit extensive, and so the judge reconsidered and his sentence was reduced. Some people called this an act of civil disobedience. I don't know that I'd go that far, but I do understand, you know, the, the plight of the farmers. You're going to hear that come a uh, couple more times here. Now, you, United States Congressman Bob Etheridge, who was also our congressman at the time in Johnston County, said that while, while he did not condone Watson's actions, the event did personify the growing pain and frustration felt in tobacco country. And there's that. Dwight Watson is now out. He did express remorse for for what he did, but not express remorse for the frustration and fear that the community felt. Now, this is not Johnston County, but just wait. We do have some connections, because that's what I'm all about. Now... From 2003, I'm going to jump back to 1937. The chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, remember 1937, his name was Henry Ashurst. They were having a committee meeting because Mr. President Franklin D. Roosevelt had suggested that we expand the United States Supreme Court to as many as 15 judges. Now, he, Franklin Roosevelt had claimed that we were going to expand because some of the judges were too old to do all the stuff themselves and that we need to expand the Supreme Court. Now, any student of history now or anybody that was watching then really knew what the real reason was. The Supreme Court had blocked two of his New Deal programs from, from happening, claiming they were unconstitutional. And Franklin Roosevelt honestly... He smiles and he is in the play Annie and or portrayed that way and he's and he and he led us through the Great Depression and, and World War II, but Franklin Roosevelt didn't like being told no. And everyone pretty much saw it for what it was. It was a power grab. Because if they expand, if they expanded from their current number of 9 to 15, then that means that Mr. Roosevelt would get to apply or get to um, put in six more judges that would, uh, of his, again, of his choosing, that would definitely be sympathetic to his ideas. Everyone knew what was going on. And so when he put it, to Congress, it was introduced and through through another member of Congress. And so any time, any time that a bill is going to be passed, it all it always goes through a committee first to to look at why this bill is even being considered. And it, and if it if it looks like the bill that's that's going to be considered is worthwhile, it, once it's, it's hashed out and decided about how it's going to be worded, it, it, all that happens inside of committee. And when it gets out of committee, that's when it goes to the floor. And so. On March 12, 1937, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, again, Henry Ashurst, was a bit surprised as they're looking at this proposal from Mr. Roosevelt to expand the number of judges on the Supreme Court. 
Now he was not surprised at the, at the bill. He was surprised that in the minute in the middle of this meeting, that even the Lord seemed to be interested in the proceedings. A man named Azel Manning of Benson, North Carolina, walked in to a Senate Judiciary Committee meeting. Walked straight in. No invitation. Nobody stopped him. He walked straight into a Senate committee meeting. He walked in and said that he had a message to give to the senator from God. Azel Manning said that the message was that God had said that he was supposed to broadcast the the judiciary proceedings. And, And he said that God had told him to warn them against trifling with the Supreme Court. So, what do you do? Do you call in security guards? Do you call in the army? Do you say, oh my goodness? No. Senator Henry Ashurst said, I will take it under advisement. And shook Mr. Manning's hand. Mr. Manning seemed satisfied by the, by the result and came home. Of course, Mr. Manning did not broadcast the proceedings. Now, Mr. Manning later claimed that he was God's traveling preacher and that he caused the war theaters, he caused the war theaters to cease in both World War I and World War II by preaching. And in 1952, he promised that he was going to stop all wars against the ground the entire world by preaching in four nations. He called himself the high knocker of the Lord. That's his self-appointed title. And yeah. Now, the Supreme Court, of course, did not expand to 15 members. However, well, no, not even however, the Supreme Court, now I don't know Mr. Manning's influence, I'm not exactly sure that it was profound, but the, but... The Supreme Court, again, was not expanded, and the Senate actually, you know, agreed with Mr. Manning, whether they meant to agree with him or, you know, the Constitution. That's neat. But that's not all. Yeah, we actually have a dude that walked into the Senate. <laughs> Just, I, I'm sorry, I've been holding back laughter. Um, hey, here's another one that's, that, again, sort of cool. You may remember this if you're old enough. In 1979, a group of farmers calling themselves the American Agricultural Movement decided they had had enough. They, as a group, claimed that inflation was driving them and their farms under. Fuel prices, fertilizer prices, everything was becoming too high to afford. Inflation was killing them. 
Now, the president at the time, his name is Jimmy Carter, he was a real farmer. He wasn't a fake farmer like some other presidents we've had in the past. This is, he was a real farmer. He had a peanut farm. He's like a real farmer. And he said that he understood. And he agreed. And he sympathized. Now, this group decided that President Carter may have sympathized, but he really wasn't hearing him. So, in February of 1979, farmers from across the country decided to roll their tractors to Washington, D.C. This was called in the press Tractorcade 1979. And when farmers arrived on February the 5th, they decided they were going to stay until they were heard. And they occupied the National Mall for weeks. Now, they demanded more pay for crops and increased role in agricultural policy decisions. Now, they were not very well received by the city of Washington because, again, 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 if you've ever been through D.C. traffic, having big John Deere tractors in the middle of it is not going to make things better. The city of Washington was annoyed, was so annoyed and so unsympathetic for these farmers clogging up their roadways that... The city of Washington fined the group $1 million for destruction to the National Mall. Things got pretty heated. But then they cooled down considerably, both literally and figuratively, because a blizzard hit the city with two feet of snow. D.C. traffic stopped anyway. Two feet of snow. People were stranded, and all these farmers and their John Deere tractors were in D.C. for it. Now, again, everyone was stranded except for the farmers that had the only vehicles in town able to move. Their tractors actually helped dig out D.C., plowed out hundreds of cars from the two feet of snow, aided stranded citizens, and transported doctors and nurses to hospitals. And they drove their tractors to help cook and clean because in various places because regular staff could not get to work. Now, this turned a lot of negative into a lot of positive, and, and national politics began to turn to sympathy for these farmers when things didn't change. And, and the Democratic President Jimmy Carter seemed unresponsive. That, that was a common complaint. And some of those Southern farmers who were third and, were, and even sixth-generation Democrats, Jimmy Carter was a Democrat, finally broke with their party and began listening to a Republican, especially one that promised he would pay them some attention. Now, that shift had begun in the decade before, but it's worth noting that a new presidential election was in one year, 1980, and Johnston farmers spoke up. When the real farmer wouldn't pay attention, they paid attention to a fake farmer, Ronald Reagan. And Johnston County has not voted for a Democratic candidate for president since. That's neat, too. 
I got one more. 20 years later, in 1999, farmers were feeling the squeeze again. This time is pretty much specifically tobacco. Now, without getting too much to the details, one of Franklin Roosevelt's plans during the New Deal was to implement price and production controls so they could stabilize agricultural markets. Now, part of that plan was to establish quotas on the pounds of tobacco an individual farm can produce. So you were pretty, no matter how much you could grow, the government said, these are your numbers. Now, so beginning in 1999, those price controls were beginning to be phased out. And lots of tobacco farmers were being bought out from class action lawsuits against the big cigarette companies. Now, North Carolina as a group was awarded $4.6 billion settlement with the cigarette companies. Farmers decided that, hey, we're the farmers we want half. But they were being told by the North Carolina government that they would not be getting half. They're going to get far less than that because victims of 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 tobacco uh big tobacco practices are going to get theirs too. Now, North Carolina tobacco farmers began organizing what would be called by some Tractor K99, much like the one 20 years prior. Now, in this case, Johnston County, Harnett County, and Nash County were all well represented by Tractor K99. And they helped to improve the situation and increase the payouts to the farmers. Now, here's the thing. Tractor K99, (laughs) 500 tractors descended on Raleigh on March 1st, 1999. One of those farmers was was from eastern part of Johnston County. One of them was from the northern part of Harnett County. And another one was a man named Steve Troxler. And you may, if you don't know that name, he's currently the Commissioner of Agriculture. So it could be claimed that if not for Tractor K99, a lot of tobacco farmers would have simply gone broke and would have seen their lifetime investments fall to zero. Because, again, whenever Mr. Troxler um, wins election, and just prior to that, pay is going to go up for funds that will assist these tobacco farmers in diversifying their crops. That's kind of neat. This happened in 1999. Again, we're we're looking at... March 1st. Now, farmers in Johnston would soon have their attention. Now, as this is happening, it won't take but just a couple months, and farmers in Johnston will soon have their attention diverted in September with another event that's going to, you know, kind of turn their head. It was the arrival of Hurricane Floyd. And y'all, Johnston County and North Carolina farmers, check it out. Mm. There's, you know, the, 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 the Latin motto for the state of North Carolina, if you don't know, is esse quam videri. Now, and, and what that means is to be rather than to seem. Not all of us 
really live by that motto. But some of us, oh yeah, they're living it. It's one thing to complain. It's another thing to do. It just makes me wonder in each of these situations. I just wonder what effect Facebook and Twitter would have had back then. saying and doing y'all this has been a great time um another podcast coming out soon hope you enjoyed it and uh until next time y'all y'all be good